Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition. I'm your host, Pete Werner, and we're going to read some of the uh, emails that we've uh, received this week. Now, if you would, uh, if you have a question or a comment on the show that you'd like us to read on the air, all you need to do is send an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can give us a call toll-free, 1-877-310-9662. And if we play your voicemail or read your email on the show, you'll be in the running to win one of our prizes at the end of the month, and we'll also send you a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. Just be sure, if you're going to call in, um, be sure to leave your email address or your contact information so that uh, we can get in touch with you. And getting started, our first voicemail this week is from Christine from Philadelphia, who called in with a review of the pirate and uh, the kids pirate or the kids pirate cruise uh, at Port Orleans. And here's her review. Hi, my name is Christine, and I'm calling from the Philadelphia area. I've been a listener for about six months now, and really enjoy the podcast. Thank you all for your hard work. I was lucky enough to be able to attend the first podcast meet on the 6th of December with my family. We had a great time, even though it took my daughter a while to be able to stay in the hospitality suite. We finally figured out that she was sensitive to the new paint and carpeting in the room, which looked beautiful, by the way. Um, I think that the chocolate-covered strawberries and the cookies went a long way in making her more comfortable. Um, I am calling to give a report on the children's pirate cruise out of Port Orleans, Riverside. My six-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Bethany, did this um, that the week in December that we were there, and there isn't a lot of published information about these cruises, so I thought I'd share some information. Um, I was able to get her signed up about four months out, even though I had read that they were only accepted from 90 days out. I'm unsure what the actual rule is, but I think it's 180 days. Um, she had an excellent time. We arrived at... Um, Riverside Marina at around 9 a.m., and the cast members started organizing the kids around 9.15 or so. Um, each child received a pirate bandana, and then they were led down to the dock area behind a cast member brandishing a pirate flag, and they were given life jackets. And then they were led to the pontoon boat that had been decorated with pirate flags. Um, one of the cast members reviewed the rules and then asked the kids if anyone was over 18 years old, and they looked very confused. He went on to explain that in order to drive the boat, you had to be 18 years old, and then posed the question of where they could find someone to drive the boat for them. They ended up kidnapping one of the boat captains on the dock, um, and he protested, yelling out, Oh, no, pirates! The kids were all giggling the entire time, and then the boat set off, and the kids barely even waved goodbye to all of us parents. They were all so excited. Um, the cast members had explained to us that they would travel from Riverside to French Quarter, and then Old Key West and Downtown Disney, and then back to Riverside. Then they would have their lunch on the way back from Downtown Disney. Um, Before they left, I inquired about beepers, because I had read about that they handed them out to the parents so they could keep in contact with you. And they said they just requested cell phone numbers now, but if I wanted a beeper, they could get me one. And I, I replied back to them that the cell phone was fine, but that no one had asked me for a cell number. Um, the cast member asked for the stack of releases that we had all signed, and they called all the parents back to write their cell numbers on them. It seemed that they were, we, they were using old forms, and um, we were given those. So um, th- it was a good thing that I had asked. I got back down to the dock area around 11.15 and walked along the river a bit so I could get some photos of the pirates returning back to the marina. And while taking the photos, I heard, Arg, no pirate pictures! 
Beth later told me that they argued everyone as, as they ran as they ran into them up and down the Sasagula River. After they docked, they returned their life jackets and made their way back into Riverside's lobby, and they followed the clues on their treasure map and used the key they found during their trip to open a treasure chest in the lobby. It had a big lock on it and everything. Inside, there were tr- there was treasure as well as small loot bags for each of the kids. Um, the loot was mostly dollar store items, a rubber pirate duck, bags of plastic coins, an eye patch, etc., Bethany loved this activity. She said they looked for clues that built their treasure map, and she was so proud that she found the clue down at Downtown Disney. Um, Beth and I are returning back to Disney um, in July for her seventh birthday, and I gave her a choice between going to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique for a pi- or a pirate cruise, and she wants to do another pirate cruise over Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and she's a major princess freak, so that's pretty huge. I think I'm going to try and sign her up for the one at the Grand Floridian. Um, I'll send an email through with some photos to share the cruise uh, later in the week. Um, I'm still trying to wade through the thousand pictures that I took during our trip. But I just wanted to give everybody a report on the pirate cruise. And thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate all the hard work you guys do. Well, first, Christine, thank you very much for that, uh, that very informative. Mm-hmm. That was a really good review. I want to go. Um, yeah, sounds like fun, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Too. Yeah, I'll you make you a fake ID that says you're twelve. <laughs> and it's I, I especially like getting voicemails like that. That's you know really really good feedback for us. It's really good feedback for the other folks who are listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't get a chance to experience everything that we'd like to experience. So when you do, if you can, the uh, fact that she wants to go back and she's choosing it over Bibbidi right. Bobbidi Boutique yeah. says a lot. Yeah. It's an unforgettable experience that she'll remember the rest of her life. You that's know? what makes it unforgettable. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the very definition of unforgettable. <laughs> yeah, we went around. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who has a, an email they'd like to read? I'm going to jump in first. Wow. I am. Only because this is apropos. And I don't have my glasses on. Hang on a minute. <clears throat> Too late. My email is from a man named Brian Sennett. And Brian does not tell us where he's from, but he says, Pete, I felt this would be very be- a very beneficial email for you to read and then find a place to tape it to your recording studio. Since you can never remember the voicemail phone number line, here it is. Now you can give out the number whenever you want. The phone number is 877-310-9662. Well, thank you very much for that, Brian. <laughs> he writes it very bold on there, too. It's like you're really big. <laughs> I guess a couple of listeners getting fed up with me saying I don't I don't know what the number is. That's his email address, Julie. If you want to write it down. Oh, I was like, why are you showing me that? Yeah, I was trying to figure so, it out. Kevin's so, pulling this up on his iPhone. You'll have a copy of it. <laughs> There's his email address, Julie. Hey, that goes to show how late you can submit an email and have it read on the show, right? That one literally just came in while we were recording. Yeah, really. Wow. So you never know which one we're going to pull out. Yeah, well, yep. Bob has now written that, uh, written that on a piece of paper and has it stuck right in front of my face, I guess, for eternity, right underneath the Bob 08 bumper sticker. <sighs> what? That we have to stand. I haven't at. used my two minutes time yet. I haven't given it to you. I know. He's not allowed to save this up, is he? I'm up to six minutes. Oh, yeah, that's what he thinks. It's going to be uh, a whole new campaign, Huckabee versus Huckaboot. <laughs> You've been storing that one up. I abstain. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Brian, for uh, sending me the phone number to my to my show. Who else has an email they want to read? 
Mine's from Art in Phoenix, Arizona. My question is, do you, do you know if they still offer horseback riding at Fort Wilderness? And if they do, what are the rates for it? And do they still have a petting zoo there as well? Well, they do still have a petting zoo. Mm, I visited there uh, back in November. Still there. You can still pet all the animals and go into the actual stable where they keep some of the horses they use in the parades and different shows and things, which I think is a lot of fun. But you can't touch them, so keep hands off, people. The horseback riding is a 45-minute to one-hour guided trail ride. It happens daily at 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m., 1 p.m., and 2.30 p.m. The cost is $42 plus tax. Reservations are required, and you can make them up to 90 days in advance. You pick up your tickets on the same day as your trail ride, and you can pick them up at the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground Kennel. You will need to check in 30 minutes prior to your ride time, and this is very important because if you miss the safety announcement, they will not allow you to ride. So be aware of that. And then you have to be at least nine years old, and there's a maximum weight of 250 pounds. There's some other rules and regulations as well, and they're on the website. You have to be nine years old and 250 pounds? That's not good. I said there are some rules. You have to be at least nine years old, and there's a maximum weight. Of no, 250 I thought pounds. those two together. I did have a conjunction. <laughs> <laughs> it's conjunction junction. I missed conjunction. You're not old What's your okay, function? She did. <laughs> she did know it. Oh, my God. I love that. Don't you remember Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they exactly. had the big letters that would rock back and forth. <laughs> Sorry. And she oh, rocks right. back and forth <laughs> on a radio show. Oh. That's we, how I learned about how you got a, a bill through Congress. That's right. That's Yeah, I remember the political stuff for the Schoolhouse Rocks. <laughs> but... If, I mean, I could read the link that we have, or we could just put it in the show notes. It's um, wdwinfo.com, of course, forward slash recreation, forward slash trail ride. Be sure and make that one word, not two, dot htm. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you very much for that. Our next voicemail is from Matt, who has an idea for a little side contest to go along with our ongoing photo contest right now. So here's Matt and his idea. Hello, everyone at the Des Unplugged Roundtable. My name is Matt. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for assembling such a wonderful group of personalities to form the Pod Squad and bringing the excitement and magic of Disney to the world on a weekly basis. Uh, today, I have a question uh, or a comment. Um, just like many of the Dis Board members, I have been uh, submitting pictures for the photo contest. Um, when I had initially posted my group of photos, there were probably less than 50 photos already posted there. Um, well, I looked uh, at the uh, numbers today just to see what my odds were for the contest, and sure enough, there are almost 900. Um, I think it would be neat if, as a side contest for those of us that don't win the photo contest, uh, to guess how many photos will have been uploaded by the time the contest entry date ends. Uh, you know, kind of like a uh, guessing how many jelly beans are in the jar type thing. Uh, well, anyway, uh, thanks again, uh, and uh, to everyone on the Diz Unplugged, uh, here's to a great 08. Actually, Matt, I really like I really like that idea. We're going to uh, we're going to do that. We're absolutely going to do that, and uh, for giving us such a good idea. Why don't you go ahead and pick a uh, pick a number? We'll give you a shot at the envelope. Cool. He gets a number. He gets the number. The number. We'll announce the details of it a little bit later. So yeah, well, uh, freak I, I've got yeah, to work out what the details of that are. But uh, I'll tell you now, the photo contest is going to run through February 28th. It's going to run for at least, well, it's going to run through February 28th. I'm killing it February 28th. You do know that this year there are 29 days in February. Correct? 29th then. Whatever the last day in February is. So 29 days in February. 
We'll do it on February All the 29th. All leap year babies get to have a birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Alex. <laughs> Alex, Alex is a leap year baby. Happy birthday, Alex. I have an aunt who's a leap year baby. So, and uh, I know a lot of photos have been, uh, you know, a lot of people are uploading their photos. And there was, there's been some drama with the user votes. Corey actually named it. Photogate. Photogate. And... <laughs> What uh, what we have decided to do, we posted this on the boards. We're going to make it uh, clear uh, around the site as well that uh, people are free to go ahead and continue to vote. The bottom line is we're going to pick the winners. We're going to pick the finalists. We're going to pick the winners in order to ensure that this is fair. The only way I can absolutely ensure 100% that this is going to be done fairly is if I let the people sitting in this room uh, pick the winners. So that's what's going to happen. Um, wanted to involve more people in the voting process, but apparently people just can't be normal and vote. With that... Well, I like that Matt gave you kudos for assembling this great team, kind of like we're the Knights of the Round Table, and you went out and found us. <laughs> Thanks for assembling this great team. We should all pick, like, uh, you know, names from that time period. I'll be Guinevere, of course. <laughs> oh, my I'm goodness. Be, I'm going to be Bob. <laughs> You're the stone. President Bob. Wanna, You're the stone they pull the sword out of. I don't want to pick my name right now at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do some research and find the best one. Right. I wanted to rhyme. I may find a better name. All right. So, well, thank you very much for that, Matt. Really appreciate it. And who has another email they would like? Corey. I have one from Lauren Box. She doesn't say where she's from, but she must be from the South. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hope everyone had a nice weekend. Here's my question. I was watching the Travel Channel this Sunday while cleaning up the house, and they did a show on Undiscovered Disney. I thought there was no stone left unturned. However, they, they said they mentioned something about a surfing school at Typhoon Lagoon. I was wondering if Corey could give his thoughts and opinions on this program. I noticed the show was pretty old, so I'm not even sure if they're still doing it. Well, they are doing it. it um, they do this Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday every morning at Typhoon Lagoon from 6.30 to 9 o'clock a.m., that's the main reason I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 6 a.m.? 6.30 a.m. It's yeah. amazing. Well, they, they do this before the park opens. Wow. Time, times will vary on the season, though. Um, it's instructed by uh, Craig Carroll's Cocoa Beach Surfing School. Craig Carroll was a um, professional surfer since 1970, and he also runs the Ron John Surf Shop over there in Cocoa Beach. Cool. Now, there are, um, there are two instructors present. They allow a maximum of 12 people in there, so you really get personalized service. The, the entire experience is two and a half hours. They spend about a half hour on land teaching you how to get up on the surfboard. The next two hours, you're, you're in the water. So the, wiping um, out. <laughs> wiping out. <laughs> Falling off the surfboard, yeah. yeah. They do provide the surfboards for you, so you don't have to lug that in your, with your airfare luggage. That's good. The, um, the waves average about five feet for adults. Half that for children. <laughs> Can you imagine a little little child <laughs> looking at a five foot wave? <laughs> Help! The cost is one hundred and forty dollars per person. That does include tax, um, and these these usually sell very fast. But you can book it ninety days in advance. Children are the same price, one forty. Yes, per wow. person. So it's one forty regardless of age. Yep. Doesn't wow. seem fair when they only get half the wave. Yeah, they don't get a five foot wave. They should have seventy bucks. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Maybe you can write Craig and let him know. <laughs> the, um, now, this is open before Typhoon opens, so you need to arrange your own transportation there. But afterwards, you can you know, use the Disney transportation to get back. The, uh, this doesn't include 
the, the price of admission to Typhoon Lagoon. So if you want to stay afterwards and play in the park, you need to you need to purchase that separately. And reservations can be made by calling 407-WDW-PLAY. Excellent. Yeah. Thank it sounds you. like it'd be a fun time, but it that, that's really early. You should go do that, Corey. I've watched the people. I'm also worried about your back. I, I was just going to say, does it's in the water. It won't hurt. Does the $140 include Tiger Bomb? <laughs> <laughs> We used to watch the. We used to watch it when I lifeguarded a typhoon for a short period of time, and we had, we had a good time watching all the people wipe out. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Let's go watch people fall. Sadist. <laughs> that is fun. That's what we used to do on the Royal Caribbean ship that has the wave runner there. That's right. We go sit in the back of the ship and watch all these people wipe out really bad. I'm sorry, but if I see any of you fall, I'm going to laugh and then I'll help you. Wait, did I say that you had to be eight years? Eight years old to do this? No. Okay. No. Well, you, you want to say it? Yeah, you do. Okay. There you go. Still the same no price, 140 bucks. Yes. Say it again. Eight years and up. Okay. There we go. All right. Thank you very much, Corey. Who else? Bob. I have one from Christina Foster, and she's from Cape Town, South Africa. Wow. Oh, far away. Wow. Yeah. And she, she tells me she loves the podcast, and she's totally addicted, and... So she just wanted to mention she's from South Africa, southern tip of Africa. Uh, her question is, they're coming to the States in the summer of this year, and she wants to know, she knows it's going to be hot, but she has no choice. But her in-laws have an RV to travel in, and she wants to uh, find out about RVing at Disney World. And she wasn't sure if there was really a Fort Wilderness or not. So I, I just want to tell her, yes, there there is a Fort Wilderness, and you can go RVing over there, and it's a great uh, campgrounds to yeah, do RVing. Best it's, campground it's one, I've ever seen. Yeah, it's one of the best in the country. And, and it's a Disney World. So she wanted me to find out if uh, she could do, like, two RVs together and and do a group and like try to get a, a spot so they could do that. And so I did check out some pricing for her, and I found out some interesting things. Uh, a regular week, July 13th through the 20th, for just one RV, it's $75 a night for the first five nights, and then it was 77 for the last two. But if you have two RVs, the price changed to 71 for the first five nights and 73 for the last two. So you saved a couple, about four bucks when you're booking more than one RV together. So I wanted to let her know that. Um, and for that season, it was about $740, I think. For No, uh, $1,127, I'm sorry. But I, I went and compared the cabins... At, okay, Bob, I have to stop you. What's eleven hundred? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking That's about. That's how much it would cost to do a full hookup. For, at, for uh, both of for, her? For both of her. Oh, RVs. I'm sorry. I thought you were okay. talking about something else. Yeah, I had, yeah. I, he completely lost me, too. I'm sorry. So it it would cost you eleven twenty seven thirty two for two RV hookups at the campgrounds. For what? For how many nights? For seven nights. Okay. Okay. I then went and compared the wilderness cabins for six people for the time period anywhere from July 13th. Six people. It's going to be a lot in one of those. Right. Uh, July 13th to 20th, seven nights. I found the price was 
$2,467.15. So it's it's a lot more. Yeah, no way. Is that, would that, I, I would not suggest that for six people. The cabins, the cabins are nice, and they're cute, and they're rustic, but yeah. they're on the small side. And six people... Even if it's like you know four adults and two children, or two adults and four children, it's too many people to have in there. So there are you can get a, a good savings by booking the RV sites. Uh, preferred sites are a little more expensive. They have cable and the water uh, power and sewer. So it's it's a little more money, but it's not that much more. So. You can do that, and I had emailed her, and and she gave me some specifics. So I figured I'd I'd just jump in with that. Great. Well, thank you, Bob. I just have to say those prices may have changed between the time I did it and when you go and check it. Why was it seven months ago? No, 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 no. It was nineteen seventy-three. She's retired now. It was last week. But uh, when did you submit this email? Well, she. We've been back and forth. Of 1972. January, January 1st. Well, thank you very much, Bob. All right. Our next, uh, our next voicemail is actually a little dated. It came in uh, either a week or two ago. And uh, she was, Jody was asking uh, us about uh, health food stores in the area. She was coming down for the Walt Disney World Marathon, which obviously took place last week. But it's a good question, so we wanted to play it. And uh, here's Jody. Hi guys, happy new year. It's Jody in Connecticut. Um, looking forward to a whole other year of podcasts. I have a really quick question. Are there any health food stores um, down near the uh, Disney World? I'm staying at Boardwalk. I'll have a rental car and I'm coming down for the marathon this weekend. And I'm trying to find, uh, trying to eat healthy while I'm down there. Uh, either a health food store or if you know, uh, if Publix uh, sells any sort of organic food there, like their own brand of organic or something like that. Any feedback would be great. Um, thanks. Bye. Jody, first of all, we didn't get your email address, so Julie can't contact you. Uh, send us an email with your email address, and we she'll be in touch with you. To answer your question, yes, uh, Publix does have uh, organic stuff. They call it Greenwise. Mm-hmm. There's a section pretty much in each department. There's a veggie section, a meat section. Things like that. However, there is some good news. While it's not open yet, it should be open in time for next year's marathon, there will be a Whole Foods store close to Disney. It'll be at the uh, intersection of Sand Lake Road and Turkey Lake Road. If you came out of Hotel Plaza Boulevard and made a left-hand turn and went down to Palm Parkway and kept going until you got to Sand Lake Road, there will be a Whole Foods section or Whole Foods store right there on that corner. I can't wait for that to open. You eat a lot of. Uh, I'm a healthy person. A lot of health. I buy food the green wise chicken I, I, and things like that. Publix is really expanding that health food section. I mean, those you extra hormones and things in my chicken. You mean I can't get health food stuff at the Hess station <laughs> <laughs> or at Second City? <laughs> Not yet. Baked chips. That's about it. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that, Jody. I hope you did well in the marathon. And uh, who has a, another email I'd like to read? John. I have one from Ken in Atlanta. And Ken writes, I have a question about wishing wells at Disney. I know the wishing well at the Magic Kingdom and that the coins are supposed to go to charity. Do you know which charity? My main question is what other wishing wells are on property and is the area at Expedition Everest where there's an altar really an area for people to use as a wishing well? 
I see a ton of coins down there, and I wasn't sure if this was approved for that use or not. The Imagineers went through a lot of detail and trouble to make it look authentic, and I feel bad if tourists skip over the details and just throw coins into it. Uh, first of all, Ken, yes, all the coins are collected at Disney. I used to know it was certain frequency. It was every three months or four months they'd go in and they'd swoop out the coins. Disney's charity of choice is Give Kids the World. Um, but, of course, they're you know able to change their minds at any minute. So if your quarter doesn't wind up at Give Kids the World, don't write to me and complain. <laughs> it's uh, in the cast member's pocket. <laughs> really? They actually... There were some statistics out on how much they collect. They collect a lot of money from those various places. And as far as official wishing wells at Disney, it seems like wherever there's a puddle of water, people throw money into it. So I wouldn't be too upset that you know there's coins where it's not supposed to be. When we were at Pinocchio's Village House recently, I told you that some of the windows overlook the loading area. There was a ledge on the window, so people who are getting into the boats at it's a small world are apparently flicking quarters. There were quarters along the ledge of the window where people were making wishes. <laughs> I didn't know wishes cost a quarter. When <laughs> I was a kid, you threw a penny. It was also in the queue at Expedition Everest. Inflation. It's not water. It's, they don't have water down there, but there's like a little statue everybody's throwing coins at. Yeah. Coronado Springs has a fountain in their lobby area. Anywhere you see a fountain or anything like that, people are putting money in. And the nice thing is Disney will collect it and donate it. So even if you... If it's not an official wishing well, don't feel bad. Well, I think the last uh, the last time they collected all the money, it went to uh, remodel the uh, executive dining room at uh, Walt Disney <laughs> Travel. Is there some oh. sort of legend? Like, you know, if you visit the Trevi Fountain in Rome, if you throw yes. a coin in, you will revisit Rome. You know, it's yeah. like a promise. So maybe this is people, you know, if I throw my wish in here, I'm going to come back to Disney World. It's, uh, yes, you'll come back to Disney World and pay more next time. Yeah. <laughs> It goes to give Iger a bonus. I would not throw the world. I would not throw coins into anything that contained give live Iger animals. A bonus. Live animals is bad. Yeah, really. Don't be flicking coins into Shamu's tank or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. If you're at Animal Kingdom, keep your coins in your pocket. Yes. Good rule of thumb. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Joe, who did not tell us where he was from. But he has a question about why the uh, Small World attraction in Disneyland in California is going to be closed all year long. So here's Joe. Hey there, Corey, Julie, Kevin, John, Pete, and of course Bob. Well, I was just wondering what the deal is with It's a Small World over in Disneyland. My family and I will be traveling to Anaheim in late May, and we're wondering why the ride will be closed down for most of the year. It says here January 22nd through November 28th. I thought that the ride was refurbed in 2006, but I could be wrong. Thanks for all you guys do at the site, boards, and podcasts, and keep up the great work. Joe, I can answer that for you uh, very, very simply. Americans are too fat. That is why that ride is being closed for the next year. Now, that's not what Disney is saying, but the fact of the matter is when uh, Small World was originally built, I believe it was uh, it's, uh, the, average, the average weight of an American was 160 pounds, and now we're about 20 pounds heavier. And what's happening is these boats are bottoming out. They're bottoming out and getting stuck. So they need to literally, you know, redig a trench, take that flume and, and make it deeper so that these boats have more more room to, to, sink. to sink. And uh, Right now they're just being cautious and not fully loading the boats to the full capacity. One person per row. Well, I told you, I told this story the last time we talked about this. Uh, John did it as a rapid fire. I was in a boat one time in Disney World with a bunch of big people and the boat got stuck 
and all of a sudden it was like the dolls came to life. It's like people came out of the woodwork in those little striped shirts and they all jumped into the boat to try and make the boat the same weight as the boat. So we actually pulled into port looking like we were fleeing something. So Disney's also saying that uh, while they haven't decided yet if while it's closed, they're going to make any other changes to it, like adding any characters. The one, I believe, in... Uh, oh, I forgot which one I saw in the article. I think it's either Hong Kong or, or, or Tokyo. Uh, that's, that version of Small World has actual Disney characters in it. You've got you know Mickey and Minnie and things like that. So they're not sure if they're going to be adding anything else to it, but the primary reason they're shutting it down is in order to compensate okay. for the, the weight of our, our I have fat to vote. behinds. I have to vote. No. This is going to be one of those rides that if they change, the purists are going to go okay, crazy. Okay, I hate it. I hate it. Don't change it. We all talk about Walt's vision. This was Walt and Mary Blair. Don't change it. It doesn't need any Disney characters. It's fine the way it is. You want I to get agree. Your, you want to go get your Mr. Toad signs and spray paint <laughs> over them? No, small. I hated Mr. Toad. I know. Hey! I know. <laughs> no, Small World, yeah, I think there's there's a line that they can't cross. Yeah, don't mess with it. Yeah, but we all said that about pirates, and we said it about um, now. But this is different. Haunted Mansion. This if was they Walt. want to make a small world movie, fine. Don't do it until then. Yeah, but what was if they had something that's really good and cute, and they have Christopher Walken in three D or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know? a small world. For those who didn't listen, for those who didn't listen, we talked about the new attraction at Universal that has Christopher Walken in three dimensions. So. <laughs> Christopher Robin. That was really good. I can't. That was fun. I missed something. <laughs> he did his Christopher Walken imitation. Oh no, I missed that. It's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> After all. Oh, man. oh lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't mess with it. It's one of those things. It's just like you don't mess with Carousel of Progress. It's boring and dull and old. Don't mess with it. It's like yeah, but they updated. They updated Carousel of Progress, right? And they've updated <laughs> Small World. Just don't change it. So, well, I, there's uh, that's the answer to your question, Joe. I hope that uh, cleared things up. That cleared things up for you. <laughs> All right. In our last email of uh, t- uh, this week's show, you almost said 2007, didn't you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, are you going to read this email? Yeah, well, Say hi to Anthony, okay? You can say hi to Anthony. <laughs> hi, Anthony. <laughs> That's your thing, not mine. Um, this one's from Jordan Carter. He writes from uh, Queen Creek. It could be a girl. Well, it could be a boy. I'm just saying, so you don't say he or she. You're right. You're right. <laughs> he, she reads from, writes from his, her hometown. Jordan, right? Oh, yeah. Shem. On last week's show, we talked about Jackie. Jackie let us know that she was female. Okay. Well, Jordan writes from Queen Creek, Arizona. Hi, I'm Jordan Carter, age 15, and I would like to know if you have one day at Disney World, what would you do and why? Thank you for your time. P.S. I love Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and the Diz Podcast. Personally, if you had one day at Disney World, I'd spend it at the Magic Kingdom. It's the icon of Walt Disney World. Um, you just spend the whole day there. It's, it's one of the only parks where you can see a Disney parade and fireworks in one location. Um, you know, all the big rides. Not all the big rides, but a lot of the popular rides. I would spend it at the Magic Kingdom. Anybody disagree? Well, I, if I was 15 and I had one day to spend, I if I had a park hopper ticket, I'd just go do all the extreme rides. I'd start early in the morning, go late at night, and just get into every park and do all the extreme 
rides Expedition Everest, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, those, you know, that stuff. So, My opinion is Jordan says they're a fan of, you see how I got around that pronoun thing? Yeah, that's nice. He or she is a fan of all things Disney. I have to agree with Corey. You get to see the parade and you get to see the fireworks. And if you've only got one day to do it, you're going to get the most Disney feeling, I think, at the Magic Kingdom. Most definitely. And that's only if you're a Disney fan. If you're a typical 15-year-old, the extreme rides would be cool. That's a good idea. If you're a 15-year-old girl, I would spend my whole day shopping at Epcot. (laughs) (laughs) You do that now anyway. Yeah, she does. Well, what would you do if you only had one day? Take if I had one day, she, or Jordan doesn't specify what my options are. One day. If, one day? I'd like I think to sp- the parameters are pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> one day work at with this World. Okay, well, I'd like to spend it with uh, Joe Rhodes, the Imagineer. Joe Rhodey? Rhodey, yeah. If I, she didn't, you know, they didn't yeah. say anything specific, but I'd love to walk through uh, over in... Uh, Animal Kingdom, the Everest adventure, and have him explain what what he went through for finding out the research and just walk through the queue line with it. It's a combination of Expedition Everest and the American adventure. Yeah, but that's what I'd like to do. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you very much for the question. Thank you, Corey. And that will do it for our email show this week. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. You have a great week. 